This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride today. Coming up immediately following this broadcast is uh, Lawrence Jones and then uh, Mike Slater and Joe Pags. This is your Saturday lineup here on the Blaze Radio Network. The National Football League. NFL abuse of painkillers and other drugs described in court filings. Now, you see that and you hear that and you say, um, oh my gosh. But the story continues. The National Football League teams violated federal laws governing prescription drugs, disregarded guidance from the Drug Enforcement Administration on how to store, track, transport, and distribute controlled substances, and plied their players with powerful painkillers and anti-inflammatories each season. This according to a sealed court document contained in a federal lawsuit filed by former players. I have a real problem with some of the former players that are going back to attempt to extort more money from the NFL. Federal law lays out strict guidelines for how teams can handle and dispense prescription drugs. Okay. We'll get back to that in a moment. The sealed court filings, which includes testimony and documents by team and league medical personnel, describes multiple instances in which team and league officials were made aware of abuses, record-keeping problems, and even violations of federal law and were either slow in responding or failed to comply. The filing, which was prepared by lawyers for the players suing the league, asserts that every doctor disposed so far has testified that they violated one or more federal drug laws and regulations while serving in their capacity as a team doctor. Anthony Yates, a Pittsburgh Steelers team doctor and past president of the NFL Physicians Society, testified in a deposition that a majority of clubs of 2010 
had trainers controlling and handling prescription medications and controlled substances when they should not have. (gasps) Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. The horror. NFL spokesman Brian McCarthy said the allegations contained in the court filings are meritless and the league and its clubs will continue to vigorously defend these claims. Now, as we go through this, just remember that this is you know, not the NFL. This is up against the NFL. Now, the NFL will definitely put up their fight on this. It's pretty fascinating, though, that the NFL clubs and their medical staffs uh, are all in compliance with the Controlled Substance Act, said McCarthy in an email. Oh, what? They are? Yes. The NFL clubs and their medical staffs continue to put the health and safety of our players first, providing all NFL players with the highest quality medical care. Any claim or suggestion to the contrary is simply wrong. And I will say that in my experience, uh, though briefly uh, with the NFL through my oldest son, uh, that is true. World class from top to be top to bottom. Uh, you know, then when they kick you to the curb, it's over. Have a nice day. <laughs> Good luck. God bless. But while you're inside, the, when you're inside the the fence, no problem. As soon as they kick you over the other side of the fence, uh, what's your name again? I don't even know who you are. I mean, it's it's fascinating. Um, some of the allegations. Uh, the details and communications were unearthed by lawyers representing more than 1,800 former professional football players who are suing the league in the U.S. District Court of Northern California, claiming they suffer from long-term organ and joint damage along with other maladies, as a result of improper and deceptive drug distribution practices by the NFL. Is that why? Is that why? It couldn't be that you were, I don't care what it is, I don't want to feel the pain, get me on the field so I can get my paycheck wrong with me, is it? Couldn't be that. No. And now you've decided, you know, that probably was kind of dumb. So I could sue somebody. The material was collected by the players' attorneys as part of a discovery process in the case, of course. The attorneys redacted large portions of the 127-page complaint. Uh, Both parties had agreed to do so under the court-approved protective order, sealing. There was some mistake and technical error, and they've got this information was able to get out. The filing solely reflects the ex-players' claims against the NFL's 32 teams. Um... The plaintiff's attorney said he would not comment. The court filing reveals that teams dispensed painkillers and prescription strength anti-inflammatories in numbers far beyond anything previously acknowledged or made public. In the calendar year of 2012, for example, the average team prescribed nearly 5,777 doses of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs and 2,213 doses of controlled medications to its players, according to a March 2013 internal document. Now, on the surface, 5,000 doses of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory, yeah, ibuprofen. Now, those numbers, according to this, average out to about six to seven pain pills or injections a week per player over the course of a typical NFL season. 
All right. Now, of course, they're saying, well, wait, 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 wait. Uh, they were probably not distributed evenly over the entire roster. And just as unlikely that team log represents a full extent. Oh, so they're, it, wait, it's probably not the entire team and the NFL is lying. So, I mean, that couldn't be right. But think about that for just a second, right? So you've got 32 NFL teams, 53-man roster on the teams. Right? And you've got, I think, five practice squad players. So the league with 53 players a team, you got almost 1,700 players. More, you know, a little over 1,700 with the practice squad. 20 weeks is a season. So even we say 16 weeks, right? 16 weeks. Uh, seven days a week, 112 days. So if you cut the players, you know, each team has 53 players, right? So you just do with that. And you've got what? Uh, 5,707 anti-inflammatories, right? So that's like... Uh, I don't know. I really don't. I'm trying to do the numbers in my head. I don't know that it certainly doesn't seem right. You've got 112 days, 53 players. So 50, 51 anti-inflammatories a day, right? For 112 days. So that's less than one a day per player. The horror. And the uh, controlled medication, 2000, 213 at 112 days, uh, 19. That's less. Stop it. Stop it. It sounds like an incredible amount of intervention with some pretty risky drugs. Yeah. Some of which, in the case of Vicodin, have high addiction potential. Yes, they do. Uh, Arthur Kaplan, director of the Division of Medical Ethics at New York University's Medical Center and co-founder of NYU Sports and Society program, it makes you think, are the physicians looking out for the health of the players or are they just trying to keep them on the field? I would say uh, both. That's their jobs. Their job is to keep them as healthy as possible and keep them on the field to do their job. That's your job. Now, I'm well aware the addiction of opioids is a over-the-top, we're all in trouble, we're going to hell for using them. I know. But they work. I've had knee replacements, knee surgeries, shoulder surgeries. Uh, it, amazingly, helps human beings get through the day. Amazingly. So if you're a human being doing a providing for society, you're going out, you're working, you're raising a family, you're paying your bills, and oh my God, you have to take an opioid to be able to walk to work. I don't think that's a bad thing. I personally do not think that's a bad thing. I know I'm, I, you know, there's plenty of people that disagree with me. They're wrong. Drug experts who reviewed the data for the Post cautioned that a thorough understanding of the league's use of pain medication is limited without knowing the exact dosages. 
types of controlled substances administered and whether all the players on the team were consuming the medications or whether a smaller number accounted for a larger percentage. Well, of course, it's going to be a little bit of a smaller number, right? The players, I don't know, that play. Um, I don't know if you watch football at all, but it's large humans hitting other large humans. We enjoy it. We pay money to watch it. They get paid very well to do it. If they're not doing it, they don't get paid. So if they're ingesting things that make them help them to do it, oh well. Now I know, and I even I have that argument with uh, uh, performance enhancing drugs too, but that's different than what this is. Okay? Although they're saying that this is darn near uh, performance enhancing because we're overfilling them with uh, with painkillers, so they don't feel the pain. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. When a guy 6'5", 330 pounds is coming at you full steam with a 10-yard run and hits you, it hurts. <laughs> you can quote me on that. Now, the complaint alleges that NFL teams plagued by prescription drug problems for decades. The league's former drug advisor issued a report in 1990. 1990. I mean, think that's another lifetime ago. Uh, this is back in 1990. He said some clubs don't seem to know which drugs are controlled substances and some don't apparently understand the necessity and law in parentheses to keep dispensing laws as an internal audit. Now, this is 1990. All right. Think, a lot of things have changed since 1990. I mean, in 2014, another league document, NFL Prescription Drug Program Advisory Committee, uh, the NFL Prescription Drug Program Advisory Committee Major Findings and Recommendations email ugh, reported that non-physician administration and or dispensing of medication occurs at many clubs. Federal law bars non-licensed team personnel such as athletic trainers from dispensing medication I know there's going to be medical professionals out there that say, uh, Jeff, that's the way it should be, but that's just dumb. The trainers, I know they're not doctors. It's the law. I got it. Federal law bars non-licensed team personnel, such as trainers and dispensing medication. The complaint cites multiple instances in which clubs were warned about this practice, including letters from Brown to the Bengals, Kansas City Chiefs, Tennessee Titans. In 2010, the DEA crackdown began on the league's practices. After San Diego Chargers player caught in a traffic stop was found to be in possession of 100 doses of Vicodin. One player had 100 doses of Vicodin and the entire NFL is at fault. It's unbelievable. Now, the doctor of the San Diego Chargers, uh, David Chow, uh, left uh, in 2013. They called for his ouster. The DEA, the DEA scrutinized his practices, and the California State Medical Board revoked his license. And then they put him on a five-year probation. And uh, some of this is, uh, you know, Chow is still fighting it and still... Uh, um, so he denied issuing the Vicodin to the player... 
So, I mean, it's a, it's a, he said, she said, but again, I go back to, okay, so even if, okay, so now instead of just one player, one doctor in the NFL's history was over giving players extra prescriptions. The horror. Now, what they're trying to do now is they have set up a, th- a set up a, a way for uh, out of town doctors to be at the stadium and prescribe for the teams. I mean, okay. In January 2012, Daniel Cooper, the Dallas Cowboys team doctor, wrote his congressman urging a change to the Controlled Substances Act that would accommodate NFL teams. Cooper stated that for decades under current law, team doctors have illegally, yet unknowingly, transported and administered medications to injured players while covering games away from home. Okay. So they're still, I mean... Are they not going to do it? Really? I, I. Oh, you have to wait eight hours. I know, I know, I know you've been hit like a freight train and you hurt. But we've got to get back home and you're just going to have to be in pain. <laughs> Sorry. It's the way it is. In November 2010... Uh, the Bengals trainer wrote to his counterpart with the Detroit Lions complaining about a new program. The new program, which has uh, started to uh, – hadn't taken place yet. They were just instituting it in 2010. It wasn't going to come into compliance until 2015 called the Visiting Team Medical Liaison Program. Right? That's where they have the physicians from that town take care of it for the away team. Uh the Bengals trainer wrote to his counterpart, the Detroit Lions, complaining about the new program. Uh, Until that new program is actually in effect, we'll continue to do as we've done for the past 42 years. I sure would like to know who blew up the system that worked all these years. So, okay, while damning that, you know, like, it's just nobody likes change, right? He's pissed. He's got to change what he's been doing. He's worked in the NFL for 100,000 years. He's been doing it forever. He's a trainer. He does what he wants. He takes care of the players. Somebody's hurt, you know, moved his cheese. He's pissed. So it took effect until 2015. The DA again applied pressure. According to the deposition, a Steelers doctor cited in the lawsuit the impetus was a series of DEA raids conducted in October of 2014 to see whether teams were traveling with controlled substances. Are we serious? We're raiding NFL teams because they might have they might have some doses of Vicodin. Um, amazingly though, uh, none of them were carrying the controlled substances. Huh? Now it couldn't be that they just don't do it. Or it could be that the lawsuit states the NFL was tipped off by the DA, by a DA, DEA employee in advance. <laughs> now, you know, the odds that those, uh, they're not carrying anything. Probably pretty low. But because they weren't, I mean, well, they had to have been tipped off, right? Right. Of course. It's going to be fascinating. I mean, the story goes on and on and on. Um, former players also allege in the complaint that they weren't always sure what medicines they were taking and weren't advised of the risks because team doctors uh, and trainers failed to inform them. Um, you're an NFL player. 
And I know I got a break, and we'll get out of here. I'm up against the clock. We still got. They still talk about. There's some other fascinating stuff here about the Toradol uh, that they take. But you're an NFL player, and you're need something for the pain. And the doc says, "Here, take this." Is it up to the doctor to say? Uh, the doctor says this will uh, this will deaden the pain. But first. Let me explain all the possible side effects that you could have. No, I don't think so. Here we go. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Two thousand seventeen is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. There's so much, so much to this NFL uh, drug story. It's really, really fascinating. I'll post it on my Twitter account and my Facebook page. But they talk about uh, how much Toradol is uh, dispensed along with the Vicodin to get players on the field. And it just is amazing to me that the players who have wanted to play and got paid and continued to play, and yet now they're pissed because, oh my gosh, I took these pills and I took these shots to play, and I didn't realize that this could do this to me. Play football, that's all I wanted to do. Now play me some more money, please. Okay. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show returns on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Two days ago, two days ago, the uh, our, our beloved legislators, uh, a congressional committee, um, which are, they're fine, fine men serving the United States of America, has asked the NFL and the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration to answer to allegations made in the lawsuit. You will answer the questions. We want to know, did non-physician trainers at any time administer or dispense Toradol or any controlled substance to former or current NFL players? In cases in which prescription medications were administered or dispensed, were NFL players provided with all information regarding the drugs they were given, 
including dosage amounts, possible side effects, and reasons for the receiving of the drugs. Did the NFL maintain records of all prescription drugs, including any controlled substances, administered or dispensed to each NFL player? If so, whose job was it to collect those records, and are they still in the NFL's possession? What DEA guidance did the NFL receive regarding the storage, transport, and distribution of controlled substances? And has the NFL followed all DEA guidance? Please also provide a list and timeline of subsequent actions taken by the NFL officials in response to all DEA guidance. That's your government at work right there. I love them. God bless them. The world is coming to an end. We care more about the NFL dispensing drugs to its players than we do about women killing babies. <gasps> Did I say that out loud? It's okay. It's okay. We're still good with, with uh, still good that we... Let women kill babies from their bodies. But an NFL player took an extra dose of Vicodin. The hell! The horror! Come on now! If we, if we want to bring the NFL down, we'll do it. That's what they want. Bring it down. Bring it down because... Excuse me, um, I just got hit really hard. I've got 30 seconds to get back in the game, and my knee really hurts a lot. Could you explain to me what this particular medication will do and the reactions it could have in 25 years in my body, please, before I take it and get back out on the field? You have 20 seconds. Or are you just going to give me the shot, and I'll get back on the field? Uh, I'm guessing give me the shot. Oh, yep, because that's what happened. And now it's down the road, and it's, you know, that some of that, not only am I having problems with joints and bones, you know, from playing football, uh, some of the problems that I had with some of the drugs that I over overused uh, while I was playing is now affecting some of my body. Or Oh, no. Oh, no. Man, if only I would have known, I would have still said yes. It just, just drives me crazy. So earlier this week, I am uh, just kind of scrolling through my Facebook timeline. And uh, as interesting as that is, whew, man, and it is. It is interesting, fascinating. I come across a guy that uh, I used to talk to from time to time uh, when I lived in uh, Tampa. And he questioned why in Tampa, Florida, and inside Tampa City Limits is a place called Ebor City. And it's. You know, it's a party place. Heck, when I first moved to Tampa, it was just a place where you'd go to haggle for thrift clothes and and old bars, and then it turned into a nightclub haven and a party area. And uh, it's still, you know, the the original Cuban area of Tampa, uh, Ebor City. But when it first started, uh, you know, how many ever dozens of years ago, decades ago, it uh, was where people came to live. And there's still wild chickens roaming around Ebor City. And his question on the Facebook timeline was that of, where did these chickens come from and why are they still here? So Chuck in Florida.com, who joins us uh, from time to time on the broadcast, uh, lives in Tampa Bay. And not only does he bring us some strange stories from the state of Florida, I was wondering if you have an answer to the Ebor City chickens. Greetings, Jeffy, from Tampa, Florida, the home of wild chickens running free in Ybor City. 
do you have an answer of where they come from and what they're doing or are you just well funny you should say that i've looked into the matter and it appears that the chicken population is protected in ybor city so i mean i can't what if they drop an egg can i eat the egg well, they didn't say anything about, you know, massacring their young. I sure, I'm sure you can uh, scramble as many of them as you like. But you can't kill the chickens. You can't kill the chickens. Uh, Ebor marches to save wild chickens, as a nice. matter of fact. Uh, they've had uh, residents that think that um, somehow or another they're an icon, uh, you know, and they do. They run free everywhere. They tear up the parking lots and all the uh, um, landscaping that's done by the city. They're a huge menace down there. I had a studio right off one of the uh, maiden drags there in Ebor off of 7th Avenue. And that place continually just, I mean, chicken poop everywhere, chicken uh, uh, feathers flying through. And, and they're, I mean, in every yard, you could hear roosters crowing up and down all times of the day. Um, and, I would and they say are, that uh, I, you know, I, I remember living in, uh, one, in one neighborhood in St. Petersburg that had a couple of guinea hens running around. And those oh yeah, and they're weird and, too. Yeah, they're really yeah. loud, nasty little birds. But, and mean. Uh, uh, well, <laughs> they're meaner when you try to get them off your porch. Yeah, exactly. I'm just letting you know that. Uh, but chickens it, it, have no boundaries. Chickens, I know, but chickens. You think like if I had a bunch of chickens in my yard, I would say that uh, from time to time. Hey, didn't you have twenty chickens here? Nope. No. Only Ten. had those. <laughs> What Pretty you see soon. is what I've got. I don't That's know what's right. happening to them, but they're disappearing. <laughs> I mean, they would. I, I know residents down there are are feeding the chickens, and some of the shop owners actually have pet chickens that they they tend to in their own areas. I don't care and what you, know you what? do in your own Fine. shop. I, you exactly. can call it whatever you want. Okay. That's right. <laughs> but we're talking I'm all we're, for it. No, I'm talking about the chickens, the birds. I don't care what the shop yeah. owners are doing. No, the birds. Time. The birds are yeah, everywhere, and yeah, you know, I I, you I used to that keep chicken, chickens in Tampa. I, I I used to have a a a yard full of chickens going. in the back. Not a good hobby. Just saying, there's a lot of work involved, a lot of noise. Um, your neighbors aren't very fond of you anymore. Plus, chickens. Uh, you know, you gotta have a lot of chickens to create eggs. I don't know if you know this. Uh, people think you get a chicken and then you're you're no. good for eggs. One chicken ain't dropping a bunch of eggs. You get six chickens, you're going to have three to four eggs every day except for molting Maybe. season, which is like three months. And, yeah, you might as well go to the damn store. They're cheaper and fresher. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> what? No, really. Buy the eggs from the store. I'm saying as much as feed costs and the care and time involved in chickens, unless you live on a farm where you can have 50 of them, forget about it. It's just not uh, – it doesn't equal off. Wow. That's just me. Wow. I don't think that's what they tell me on 40 Acres and a Mule on the yeah, podcast well, that we have here on the Blaze Radio. <laughs> 40 Acres and a Fool, Jeffy. Fool. I'm oh. just saying. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I keep getting that screwed up. Fool, Mule, same Well, thing. you bring up mules, and I'm waiting on my tiny horse. I want uh, I want one of those miniaturized horses. <laughs> well, we'll be talking about that later. I'm definitely getting one of those. Remember the commercial with uh, the guy that had the, the miniature giraffe as a... As that a, was funny. A, yes. Russian guy, want, yeah. Everybody wants one of those. Absolutely. Wants little, if I had a giraffe the size giraffe of a small dog, that would, those yeah, things would be, be cool. dangerous. No, they'd be dangerous. So <laughs> if those things start breeding, about 20 of those come in here, you're dead. <laughs> Stampede of tiny yeah. giraffe. Oh, man. All They're, about crotch level. You know? are, <laughs> yeah, you're dead. So, I mean, what, do you have any stories for us, Chuck, or are you just wandering about chickens now? Yeah, I mean, sure. I, we I mean, can go into stories. You have some weird stories from Florida for me from ChuckinFlorida.com or? 
Every week we have weird stories from Florida. Uh, I'm kind of fond of this one. Pinellas County, right next to Tampa. Man shot at deputies and killed his mom's fiancé after fight over donuts. Uh, Who who hasn't fought over donuts? Who hasn't been there, right? (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Apparently, Jeffrey Falsey was taken into custody Wednesday. Deputies said he shot more than 30 rounds at him. Uh, He sent mom off to the store to pick up some donuts. Apparently, she wasn't fast enough because he shot her fiance. Um, whatever happened, so it wait, did not mom, end he sends, well. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. He sends mom <laughs> off for donuts. Right. Mom is off getting donuts, and he gets mad at the at well, mom, at mom's I guess, boyfriend. Just yeah, and shoots him, and it's over donuts. It apparently was over donuts, and again, this is a case where the guy has issues, and he was off his meds. Um, you know, they were familiar with the man and the police showed up. So it was about donuts. Yeah. Let's call it about donuts because really the guy doesn't take his medication. Right. And, and we wonder why there's problems at these places where all these people are on mind altering drugs prescribed by doctors that know everything they need to know about this guy's brain. Apparently. Uh, we're not going to start beating up doctors and prescribe prescription. No, doctors. You want to go into dentists? I can prescribe whatever they want. I can talk to you about dentists all day long. (laughs) I know how you love a dentist. Dentists are criminals. (laughs) Dental school breeds criminals. You know that. Don't get me. If you want to open up that that door, we'll go down it. (laughs) What else? else? Speaking of opening up doors, here's a woman who almost crashed her car when a snake crawled out of her air conditioning vent. Oh yeah, I Only hate that. in Florida. Oh man, that'd be nasty. That would that would scare you, no question. I remember I, the first I, time I, I ever saw when we, when I first moved to Florida. Yeah, we were living. Uh, I moved. Uh, my first wife and I were living in a house in Pinellas County, actually in Seminole. And I remember sitting outside the back porch by the pool. Mm. And we, I may have had, I may have been drinking in those days. Might have and, had a, and doing a, some a other things too, huh? in those days. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, just uh, you know, sitting there partaking in a few substances and uh i remember seeing the the, the florida black snake yeah uh you can't kill you're not supposed to or you're not supposed not to kill supposed them, to yeah supposed to. No. i mean they're they, they're they good snakes they eat yeah. bugs they don't hurt you they they're, they're fine <laughs> you know yeah i mean they don't hurt you they're, they're good right. for the environment you bet and but i remember the first time seeing one slither along the side of the house that we were at and we were you know partaking in a few beverages and substances Sure, sure. That bastard is dead. Yeah, I would imagine. I mean, we hunted it down. <laughs> I mean, it's been snake that, season. They, then I yeah, realized, they then, I, yeah, then I found out you can't. You're not supposed to do that. So really, it's not dead, and I didn't kill it, and nothing happened to it. In fact, we put it, it in fact, a, we kept it and petted it and became a pet. Yeah, yeah, and just now, like this it, uh, rat it died snake, of, right? It died of old age just yesterday. <laughs> and so, so we lost yeah. it. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. But I mean, yeah. those things, poof. Man, they they shock you, and then after a while, they have their babies, and you oh, gotta right. save them because they get in the pool and they get in the pool filter and they die. So that's why they have like eighteen billion babies because seventeen billion die. Yes, and so there's only a billion left to propagate. Correct. I know. Yeah. Correct. Which but is what fun we watching. need. In Florida, they, in Florida, right? Yeah, and I mean in Florida, the black, Florida black snakes. I mean they've sunned themselves in the summer out in the yard and stuff. I mean they're oh, really yeah, cool yeah. snakes. But unless so are you the know red that, rat snakes. Yeah, the red you, rat snakes are what ca- crawled out of this lady's vent, and apparently oof. she was shocked, slammed the car in reverse. The snake kind of got her. injured. She. Uh, this is my favorite part of the story. She takes it to a vet 
to see if uh, you know maybe they could help help the snake. And I, I'm serious, lady, honestly. <laughs> and uh, the vet says, "Yeah, we just mainly neutered dogs. Sorry, you know they they euthanized the snake, but uh, the vet wasn't That's willing people to." People get in trouble, they right? Try, they try to help. Yeah, just, just try to do a good deed after away. you damn near kill a snake in your car. Right, she can MF and snakes coming out of my MF and car. You know, <laughs> right? What kind of car is an MF? I don't know, but apparently it's one that you know, like a movie and and the planes and snakes on a plane. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. If you're just tuning in now on the Blaze Radio Network, you missed a Chuck in Florida.com. I had so much more to talk to Chuck about, and he just went away. I lost it. And, uh, man, we'll try to get to get him back on the line. So on Twitter, that you can follow me on, at JeffyMRA, uh, I'm tweeted at that pregnant pig commercial is the best 30 seconds of commercials on the blaze. Any pig updates? Question mark. So here's the promo for 40 acres and a mule. A fool. I know it's a fool. Stop. Don't look at me like that. I got it. I got it. Here's the promo. Podcasts that make you think, what well, this if? Is the it's been a fairly quiet week Here on we the go. farm. We still have a hugely pregnant pig every day. This pig just gets bigger and bigger. Ready for download now. I mean, I wanna... Meanwhile, the pig's getting bigger and we're down a couple of chickens. Yeah, oh yeah, that's the other news. Uh, we are down to three hens. And guess what? It's free. Check out 40 Acres and a Fool at theblaze.com slash radio, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music. If that doesn't make you want to listen to that podcast, I don't know what will. I mean, he... Amazing. Amazing. I mean that with every ounce of amazing in me. <laughs> I mean, 40 acres and a mule, baby. That's what you, I mean, a fool, a fool, a fool. I got it. I got it. It's 40 acres and a, you know, a pig pregnant eating chickens down a couple of hens. We, I, you know, when I was a kid on the farm growing up, uh, I remember killing chickens. I remember having a chicken coop, dirty, nasty. Chuckinflorida.com is right. But I can remember between the milk house and the garage and the chicken coop and the little downslope hill where you just cut their heads off up top and they run around down below until they fall over. Man, and we're having, we're having chickens till, till the end of time, baby. What's for dinner? The heck do you think is for dinner? Look down there in that dirt. Go pluck me some chickens. That's what we're having for dinner. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.